Well, good morning. Breakfast is the broker every Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday or Friday. It's once a week anyway. So uh, we uh, appreciate you guys listening. If you do like uh, what you see and what you hear, I would love a review and a like and a subscription uh, to our podcast, Breakfast is the Broker. So, boys and girls around the world, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. Let's get ready to broker... By way of Boca Raton, Florida, he is the Chief Operating Officer of Location Real Estate, one of the fastest-growing companies in the country. He is a two-time Breakfast with the Broker interviewee. He's the founder and interviewer of his podcast, No Bull Broker. His hometown is Fairfax, Virginia. He's been an early adopter of AI for real estate professionals, as well as ChatGPT teaching the industry how to leverage it. He's the first vice president of the Broward Palm Beaches and St. Lucie Realtors, baseball coach and entrepreneur by day, Casanova by night. Stand up and make some noise for the one and only Jonathan Lickstein. You know, the last time you, you did my intro, that was the best one I had ever done. And you've now just supplanted yourself and you got the top two in the ranks there. Yes. Michael yes. Buffer better watch out. So, um... There's someone to the right of you, actually, um, that uh, is very dear to my heart. Um, she is my director of operations, Harmony Zerka. How long have you been in real estate, Miss Harmony? Since 1998. Holy 1998. shit. I know. I don't even look that old. I was 12 years old when you got into real estate. I think you're lying to me. No, no, no. I'm, a, I'm really. From, I'm born in '86. 1998. I was 12 years old. That's when I, I got 18. into real estate. '98 as well. Yeah, I look up to both yeah. of you. <laughs> <laughs> so real estate, Jonathan. Real estate's changed. Um, it's changed a lot. Certainly in the last uh, 12 to 18 months, it seems to change almost uh, daily. Um, tell us a little bit about what has changed and and uh, what are you using to uh, um, go forward. Well. You look back at the, like the last 10 years, I mean, we can say 18 months as kind of a, a micro and, and just really dialing in. But when you look back at the last 10 years since technology and the internet has become so, so vital and so prominent in the real estate industry, things change so freaking fast. That's the best way I can put it. And it's crazy because we were always told when we, you know, real estate is slow to change. Real estate slow to change. And then all of a sudden came like the boom and now we're just changing literally by minutes, not, 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 not even hours. Yeah, 100%. So last 10 years, we've changed so much. But fast forward, you know, COVID, the pandemic throughout the world really just accelerated everything so far forward, forced people where they were doing a face-to-face business so much in the real estate industry uh, into a digital remote video recording, FaceTime, Zoom, I mean, Skype, Skype was huge. There's just so many things that have changed and digitized the way things that were done and companies that were positioned and agents that were positioned in a way that they were ready for that type of event or they were already operating that way just accelerated that much faster over the competition. So what's changing now? I mean, AI is the sexy topic, right? Sure. Any type of incorporation of artificial intelligence, uh, integrations, et cetera, that really some people are afraid of because they think it's going to replace them. But in the meantime, others are just leveraging it and saving so many hours of the day. Uh, If you look at it in a way where artificial intelligence isn't replacing what you're doing, it's just making doing what you want to do that much faster. 
I did a little practice, a little study and gave th- a list of about eight items to an agent, high producing agent in my office. And I said, if you were to do all of these things to your satisfaction, how long would it take you? And I'm going to do the same practice, but I'm going to leverage ChatGPT for it. I was done with the entire list before they finished the first one. So just time saving. You're not making money by generating content. You're making money by being in front of consumers, speaking with consumers, building relationships, and actually processing a transaction. Uh, Not even processing, creating the transaction, then you hand it off to somebody else anyways. So if you can automate or leverage AI and ChatGPT to decrease the amount of time on the non-revenue generating tasks, you can spend more time making those revenue generating tasks and actually adding to your bottom line. It's not going to replace what you do. It's going to just make it faster for you. Give us an example. I'll give you a perfect example. So yesterday I launched a new tech platform, a completely new backend for our, for our company, our brokerage. Uh, we've been building for nine months. So there are a few AI components built into there. But the case study I'm going to give you is I had to do an announcement email. And you had to have it in an email format to get to agents that read emails. You had to do a text format to go to agents who don't read the emails. It's a lot of them. (laughs) (laughs) You had to have a social media content post. You had to create a video to show them an example of here's what you're going to see. This is to be expected. This is not weird. This is not scam, et cetera. This is real. So I went into ChatGPT. I gave a bullet point of here are the major changes. Here's what you need to know. Draft me a letter. Do, 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 do. Four seconds later, I have an entire letter drafted with emojis, sections, headers, details, etc. All I had to do was read through it and modify accordingly. Finish that portion, throw it right back in and say, modify this for a Facebook caption, for a LinkedIn caption. Uh, write me a text message in 220 characters. And then you, you work through a more accelerated version of an integration for video creation as well. And within... 15, 20 minutes, I was done with every piece of that content. It was literally the last thing I did before my launch because I knew I was going to use ChatGPT. When normally you'd sit down and I'd have to go brainstorm, what are my bullet points? Okay, write those out, got my bullet points. Now I have to build out each section. Literally took me less time to do all five different venues that we put it out from in less time than it would have taken me to draft my first draft of the letter and then send it around different people. So massive time saving. I mean... So, you know, it's funny because, like, again, you know, we talk about back in the day, right? You know, um, plagiarism was a thing, <laughs> you know, and this is literally like legal plagiarism, right? I mean, it's it can, actually it even better. Be. It can be. I mean, it, it really can be. So I've used it to draft independent contract agreements, not for the realtors. We have those, right? right. But I hired a web developer to build a mobile app for us. And we're hiring them direct, not going through a third-party company. So I needed an independent contract agreement for a web developer. I didn't have that. Mm-hmm. Went into ChatGPT, had it write an outline for me, modify each section, throw it through attorney review, done. Attorney review was 75 bucks instead of draft an, draft an agreement for me $500 later and you know three weeks. I got right. it done in a day. That's really cool. So... If you were an agent, and, and, you know, listen, a lot of people logged in, right? We talk about, like, you know, crazy amount of people actually um, logged in. But how many people are really using ChatGPT? I bet you it's significantly, you know, a small percentage of people that really, you know, they, they see the sexy topic, they log in, they, you know, use it a couple of times, but they don't use it in their daily activities. They don't use it, you know, part of their business model or plan or whatnot, Um if you are one of those people that either have not logged into a, or, or downloaded an app of a chat GPT or, or been on a desktop um, with the chat GPT app, um, 
what would you do? Like, what would be the first thing, let's say, you know what, maybe would hook a realtor and say, God, I, I need this? Well, simply put, there are too many different types of content that you want to put out to consumers on all these different platforms, right? Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Google, YouTube, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, blog postings, your website, all of these different places that you have to spend time thinking about what you want to put on there. You're writing your bio, creating your listing presentation, all of these different aspects. And all of this can be done without you needing to sit there and brainstorm and create and just be a designer. You can, you can literally just ask the question of, write me a listing presentation and outline, and it'll give you the bullet point outline of the different pages that should be inside of it. And this is all coming off of articles and insight that industry professionals have put out on the internet and was available to us and still is. Sure. So you can do it on your own but you're not going to be able to do it as fast or as good, like well-rounded as you could from one of these AI components. And whether you've logged into ChatGPT or not, you're already using AI in one form or another. Sure. You are. You have a cell phone, right? Mm hmm You ever use Siri? No, never. That's the yeah. very first, that's like one of the <laughs> very Siri first widespread AI components that we had in the world. And that the usage of that, Alexa, Echo, Amazon, uh, the Google Assistant, Cortana on your computer, all of these were early onsets and it just got that much more leveraged into these platforms like ChatGPT. Yeah, I have a love-hate relationship with Siri, but uh, we'll talk about that later. She's always listening to me. <laughs> she is. It's the only woman that always listens to me. Not, not this one? <laughs> no. Speaking of this one, no, she doesn't listen to me at all. She, she's smart. Um, yeah. So, Harmony, do you use AI? Have you used ChatGPT before? I have not. So, um, so wait, wait, wait. Before we move yeah. on from that, you, you haven't used it yet, but what are some common questions you get from agents in your office that you have to answer over and over? Mostly social media, I would say. Perfect. I could have paid you to say that. <laughs> you should have asked for it before. <laughs> Show me the money. Uh, <clears throat> okay, so social media. What about social media? I would say it depends on the agent. I'm going to guess content creation. <laughs> content creation, how often to post, what's the best time. Okay, do you have a strong feeling about how often somebody should post? No. I challenge you to ask the question, ChatGPT, how often should a real estate agent post on X platform, TikTok, Instagram? Facebook, it's not only going to give you that answer and some statistics behind it, but it's going to write out how you can respond to that question. Next, content creation, right? Okay, it says you should post, Gary Vee says you should post three times and then you can have lunch, but that's excessive. So I'll say once a day, how many agents can come up with a valuable piece of content for every day of the calendar year that's different? Very, very, very few, right? Yeah. So getting a list of content ideas. Give me 365 content ideas for my Facebook business page for a realtor specializing in residential sales, first time home buyers, listings, luxury, waterfront, whatever you want to list on there. Do, 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 do. It's going to give you 365 ideas of what to do. Just like hi here. Great. Yeah. And then you can go deeper than that. That's just the idea. Respond back and give another prompt after that. Write the caption for each of these ideas. Do, 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 do comes back with all 365 ideas with the title, the caption, and an idea of what content piece should go along with it. 
and varying them from text, video, graphics, images, lives, all the different varieties. So you can, as an <clears throat> as the director of operations, you can leverage ChatGPT to make your life and explanation to the agents that much easier. So, um, you know, buyer brokerage, and, you know, we talk about buyer brokerage agreements. Some companies have adopted them, some have, haven't, some may be looking at them. You know, that's maybe a, something that, uh, you know, as a buyer brokerage agreement that you could t- talk into ChatGPT and say, hey, what's the best buyer brokerage for, you know, state of Florida locally or something like yeah, that. Yeah, you can have a draft of buyer yeah. brokerage agreement. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I mean, you have so many template ones that are out there. Right. That as a broker or an operations manager or whatever, uh, compliance director, uh, COO, whatever, you can go and pull those and kind of compile the different clauses together to create your own. Sure. Because every brokerage is going to be a little bit different. Very few will actually use the standardized state buyer brokerage exclusive agreement. It's it's daunting, right? It's mm-hmm. like four pages long right now. Right. Uh, it's, it's a little intense. So we created one ourselves and it's a one pager. Got to yeah. be super simple. Literally, I don't want to push four papers in front of a buyer and have to explain it to them and then make them concerned that they want to get legal review, right? I want to make it stupid simple. Here's the agreement. Here's what the compensation is. If it's paid by the other side, great. If it's not, it's on you. Either way, I'm in this with you. Right, absolutely. You have to just craft your your message, right? Um, So creating that, yeah, you can leverage AI or ChatGPT, but what we're seeing right now with ChatGPT and some of the integrations like to RPR, uh, in Canva, all these soft AI integrations through ChatGPT, are, are only really scratching the surface of what AI can do to leverage everybody's business in real estate. And there's there's so many different ways to look at it. I mean, you look at the data and the MLS side of things, and there's ways to apply it there. Um, there's valuation models. There's a company out of Miami called Home Genius. Mm-hmm. And what they're doing, have you heard of them? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I'm super intrigued by their model. I think their sales portion is a little bit off, but They'll get there, right? But the the tech is there. The tech is really powerful. So it's pulling all these live listings off the MLS right now. Imagine you have property data from a a house that closed two years ago, and it's still reading the imagery that was on there. It's reading the contents, the materials, the sizes and dimensions of the rooms, the material of the roof outside, the curb appeal, et cetera. And it's giving all of those a score saying, okay, you have Formica top counters, white appliances, and uh, linoleum floors. If you spent $18,000 on the countertop, the flooring, and replacing the appliances, 18 is probably a little low at this point, but let's say you spend $18,000, your property value will increase by 42. So giving those general valuations based on reading the images, using data from repair costs and valuation costs on more improved properties, that is valuable information that you can then touch base with your your contacts, right? We're always looking for a valuable reason to reach out to our contacts. And that is a way that AI gives you an excuse to do so. Will it do all of it for you? No, but it's going to give you the information to do it with. Love it. Yeah, love it. I mean, so many times we have questions as realtors, or how should we respond to our sellers or how should we respond to our buyers? And a lot of the rebuttals and a lot of the, the ways that you're supposed to present information um, can be utilized through uh, a lot of the AI uh, chat GPT stuff. What other, besides, we talked a little bit about Home Genius, we talked about um, uh, chat GPT. What other forms of AI is um, important for realtors, professionals? 
I mean, a lot of what I've mostly. seen utilize, utilized, utilized, mm-hmm. a, lot, a lot of what I've seen utilized is, is mostly content creation, whether that's for your website, your YouTube channel, or your social media channels. That's really the majority of what I've seen it used for on the realtor level. Uh, but there's, there's bigger pieces in play. Like at the brokerage level, I, I f- do a lot of focus on recruiting and acquisitions. So there's a program I love, Corded I.O., Mm-hmm. And they have integrated so much AI into their components, especially when it comes to office and, and realtor stats, that uh, it, it's extremely intuitive and extremely powerful. Yep. Like telling you agents that are likely to leave your brokerage, telling you agents that are likely to do well with your brokerage based on the model that you're giving it. Right. And kind of do the recruiting work for you. Mm-hmm. So things like that, I, I think, are tremendously powerful. Awesome. Harmony. What's changed since 1998 till now? Everything. <laughs> Literally everything. All right. What's everything? Give me, give, me two, give me two things that you think that have changed um, and maybe two things that stayed the same. That's a tough one. Like that, that is tough. <clears throat> when I started in real estate. You're not allowed to bang the, the thing. Sorry. There's so many rules. Just oh. kidding. <laughs> Is this what it's like working for him? <laughs> Depends on the day. <laughs> no, literally everything has changed from coming in to where you literally have your staff making calls to set up showings with the sellers to faxing contracts <laughs> and waiting for it to be faxed back and not have it not be legible to, you know, having someone to run something over and hand deliver it because you can't read what came over on the facts. Sure. From that to now, well, everything is literally just digital in front of your face, and you don't have to leave your office if you really don't want to, to right. get done the paperwork aspect of it. <clears throat> do you remember when you had to drive to a seller's house to present them a contract? I do. Present them an offer? I do. Imagine going through COVID in 2021, yeah. right? That that crazy time we had with like 25 offers you would be literally at the seller's house eight times a day. Right. It's crazy. And we used to have those blue books. So I, that was before so my time. We used to, yes. I still have the blue book in my, uh, in my um, office. Is that the Kelly blue book? <laughs> no, it is not. <laughs> but when you look at it, it's like, it's like a book. It's crazy, right? This big, huge book every like, I don't know, uh, Two weeks, we would get these lists of listings that are on the market. And that's how the MOS was basically formed. It's crazy as that That's sounds. why there's no trees in Boca Raton. <laughs> By the way, there's, there's lots of trees. Yeah. There were less trees, though. <laughs> Different kind of tree. <laughs> Sorry, I interrupted you. Oh, that's okay. It gave me time to think about what has stayed the same. <laughs> and she's thinking about the trees. <laughs> yeah, what has stayed the same? I mean, the relationship side of things, right? But... Yes, relationships, um, the support that agents need from their brokerage and legal support and all the things that a good brokerage offers. I feel like you need more legal support now than you did previously. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. We're in this very like trigger happy, lawsuit happy, Mm -hmm. litigious world. Yeah, from the from the photographs, copyrights, to the um, Section Eight landlord tenant issues that we have, the, for you know, a fair house discri- fair housing discrimination lawsuits, you know, and these are lawsuits that are designed to entrap essentially um, a lot of the agents and our members out there, um, you know, to do something that is not supposed to be done, right? 
Um, unfortunately, a lot of these people don't know that. They, you know, a lot of the members don't know that, you know, you, you can't put, you know, no felonies or no, um, you know, Section 8, you know, tenancy or, you know, anything like that. So, you know, I, I think a lot of times we have to worry about education and awareness, um, and we all need to do a better job. I think the one thing that has changed this industry more than anything else, honestly, is the we used to be cutthroat competitors, like cutthroat, like you and I would never be in a room like in, in 1998, 99, 2000, like we, we are ring, not a ring. Right. right yeah. <laughs> We'd be in a cage. Um, no, but there was a lot of cutthroat. We've come to a position where, um, we're, we're cooperating, um, at a much higher rate, which is better for the consumer. We're collaborating between each other, which is much better for the consumer. And, um, we're, we're trying to leverage each other's business regardless of brand or company, because I know that Jonathan is, his lane is this and my lane is that. And we're going to, we're going to say, Hey, you know what? I have condos in Highland beach. I know everything about that. Why didn't you ask me and I'll send you the floor plans for the building that you need. And when, you know, he's in um, Boca and I need a single family home, you know, with a pool and I need information on that, he's going to tell me. So, you know, I think a lot of the information that's being exchanged is collaborative and I think we're uh, significantly less um, cutthroat, you know, um, which is really, really good for the consumer. Yeah, there, there's enough to go around. And <clears throat> so many of the companies have differentiating models at this point that the agents that would work well for David are not the same agents that would work well for me and, and vice versa. Um, there's so much individual need and desire from it, from a real estate agent, especially at the number, the volume of, of how many we have in Florida, that there's so much to go around and, and everyone can just do well and kind of push each other up. There's not, there's still not enough though of professionals holding other professionals up higher instead of us just pushing down those who aren't right. If we lifted each other up, we would do better and have more prominence from those people that you do want to work with. You do want to transact with and do represent our brand as realtors. It's just tough dealing with stupidity. What? <laughs> Sorry. No, I completely agree. Like, like it's very, you know, like there's certain things that are very difficult, right? And stupidity is probably the wrong word. It's more ignorance, but no stupidity you know, was know. probably right, <laughs> but, but it's our own fault. No it's, agree. Cause the barrier of entry is not uh, what it, it needs to be. And, and if your barrier entry is low, you have to expect that the, the lowest of the low is going to be there, even though the highest of the high is going to be there. Yeah. And so we need to do a better job in, um, as you said, you know, the way that we prop up new agents or prop up, uh, <laughs> for lack of a better term, stupid agents, um, is, is, you know, just educating them. The problem is, is most people are not willing to be coachable. They're not willing to, you know, um, admit that they're wrong. They're not willing to take responsibility and say, you know what, I can learn more. I can, I can learn from you, you know, and if someone says, you know, Hey, I've been 30 years in the business and whatever, you know, it tunes people out. And that's because they're presenting the argument or presenting the education or awareness incorrectly. They need to present it in an empathetic way. You look at other professions, right? Getting the license is one thing, but being in that profession is a different story. You look at, I'm going to hate on Florida for a minute, but for us to get a license down here to practice and sell 
infinite value of homes. It's 63 hours that can be done in person or online. Super, super easy. And the online, you can literally just click through and take the final exam. You pass the final exam, oh, you must know what you're doing. Sure. But you look at other states, Colorado, Georgia, Texas, they're hundreds of hours. Colorado's 163 hours. That is almost three times what ours is. And the cost, instead of a $299, $499 in order to get your license, theirs is like a $2,000 investment in order to get into the business. So there's fewer agents, but the ones who get through, number one, have to be somewhat intellectual to get past it. But number two, have invested and have skin in the game that they're really going to do it. It's not somebody coming in to do one deal, which I'm okay with. If that's your goal to do one deal, that's great. But that one deal, you better have a freaking mentor because mm-hmm. you're going to mess somebody's life up. Yeah. Agreed. Cause you, you know, you are protecting, you know, to a certain degree, um, you know, the largest financial investment of mo- that most people make, you know, the overwhelming majority of people make. So um, it's important to be competent. It's important to have a team, a team of people um, like your, director of operations, like your, you know, marketing person, like your, you know, a buyer's agent, if you have a buyer's agent or a listing specialist and, and those kind of things. And then your title company, mortgage company, and, and so on, inspector and, and such, because those are the people not to influence transactions. Those are people that you need in order to successfully complete the transaction. And as I think it's really important to have the team, um, of partners, essentially. I don't think that's ever going to change. No, no, I don't either. No, and, and AI is not going to affect that either. Mm-hmm. It, it's not. There's so many people that are afraid that AI or whatever next tech platform, like you've heard a few companies over the past five years that have attempted to come in and quote unquote disrupt and replace the role of the realtor. And they very quickly found out that you can't eliminate that human aspect and they pulled right back out. Sure. I could have learned a thing or two from them. No, um, I mean, you know, look at, I mean, I don't know if you were in the business then, but it was probably 2004, 2005 when uh, Homes Discovery was in the business. They had billboards. What's that? So it was billboards. Uh, it was a company. And they were offering a percentage um, significantly lower than what the, um, you know, what people were. Commonly charging, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> whatever. I mean, not, there's no standard. Not standard, but commonly. No, no, it's a nego- Right. Everything is negotiable. But it was basically just, you know, kind of a, you know, 2% less, whatever, $800 or whatever the number was. Mm-hmm. And um, and the market wasn't ready for it at the time. You know, um, I think the market has significantly changed um, where commissions are significantly, they've always been negotiable, but I think their commissions are significantly being negotiated um, at a much higher rate. Um, and it's what that does is create opportunity for the people that are actually very good at what they do, very competent, right? Those buyers, agents that are going to really just crush it because there's going to be less competition coming forward and there's going to be you know, more value that need that buyers and sellers are going to need to see in order to select that right agent. You know, it it is going to be interesting to follow as some things have started to change on the national scope and that we're going to see here in our, in our local marketplace. Um, I was speaking with an agent this morning who listed a $21 million house, beautiful property. I mean, 21 million, it better be right. Mm -hmm. Um, And the seller, didn't really want to offer a ton of money to the buyer. They didn't see the value in it. And that's not a conversation you heard a ton of, you know, going back historically. And it's becoming more prominent right now. So he took this $21 million listing 
and they're only offering half a point to the buyer side. Mm. The sellers don't want anybody else involved, and that's kind of their point. They want the exclusivity. They want the control of the process to be through this one agent that they've entrusted. And it's funny how when people get upset, ethics go out the window. There have been no less than seven phone calls today from buying agents, calling the seller, telling them how poor the agent is doing and representing their property by offering half a point. Little do they know it's a seller who determined that. <laughs> they know that. And the crazy thing is they know it. You know what the problem is? And, and, and I'll uh, harm speak to this, but, you know, the problem of this is that it's the assumption that they took a significantly higher listing and they're going to take significantly higher listing fee than the buyer's a- agency or whatever. Mm-hmm. But that's why buyer brokers is important because you can show, you know, everything out there, not just what you want to show. And that's the reason why um, there are issues that, you know, in, in professionalism. And that's why there's laws and statutes and things that, that um, you know, we need to abide by. And I'm, I'm not worried about the $21 million price point with negotiability right. of commissions. The buyer who's buying that $21 million house can pay the buyer's agent commission. Sure. <clears throat> what will be interesting is the common transaction or the general marketplace, the three hundred to $600,000 price point where they're leveraging an FHA loan or a zero down VA loan. Right. And but how it's, that's going to play out. But I think it's also interesting that um, it would be interesting to see if, you know, because they've done statistics on this uh, over the years and for sale by owners versus, um, you know, um, traditional, you know, uh, MOS listings or whatever, um, you know, and the percentage is like, 10 to 12%, right? It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, that MLS listings sell for 10 to 12% higher yeah. than for sale by owners. Right. right. Uh, on average. Right. Which makes our, you know, anywhere from three to 6% commission being right. Right. Exactly. stupid easy and, and a bargain. Right. We're a deal. It would, be, We're a deal. <laughs> it would be interesting though to see <laughs> that $21 million listing, you know, if he got more or less, if he offered, more or less, you know what I mean? I think it's all attention. Yeah. It's just attention. It's exposure. Exposure, yeah. yeah. Better way to put but, it. But the, the problem is, is that, you know, is he being exposed? You know, is our buyers, if I go to a buyer and I say, listen, you're going to, you know, you sign this buyer brokerage agreement, this person's only offering X, you're going to have to pay the difference of that X. Now, is that person, is that buyer at a 21 and a, you know, million dollar listing, is he going to perceive, some will, some will perceive that's ridiculous, not that he can't afford it, but it's the optics of it, right? So who knows? I, I, we'll see. I hate to say it, but I feel like that $21 million buyer is going to end up just calling the listing agent. No, and, 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 and is that good for the consumer? I don't believe it is. Yeah, I don't think so either. Yeah. Uh, it, it is nice to have that dual representation. It, it, it is because I wouldn't, when I buy my houses, I want someone representing me. I don't want someone, I don't want to go directly to the listing agent because the listing agent controls the, the transactions. Now, we pride ourselves on having a lot of listings and, you know, he or she who owns the inventory owns the market and it'll continue to be that way. But it's not always in the best interest of that buyer or consumer. What if you went to buy a car and you had to compensate the car dealer that you went to go buy the car with? That used to happen. I was, yeah, that does you used to have dealer fees, dealer right? Fees, right. I would, right. I would do it in a second. Yeah, I would do it in a second. If they gave, if they provided value, whether it was a good deal or 
whatever the value is, maybe it was convenience, maybe delivered it to my car, my uh, driveway, which I've done. I, like I've used the, uh, a leasing consultant and stuff like that. So. But now the difference that you have right now, for example, in the car industry, is they all represent the, the, the brand, the maker of the, of the vehicle itself. You're no longer paying dealer fees, but you're going straight to the representative of the quote-unquote seller. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the correlation that I've put to where, where the intent of where this real estate change may go, that sellers are paying the compensation directly to their rep. And if you want to buy that house, that product, that car, you go to that seller rep and you're not paying that seller rep as the buyer. But if you want to bring your own to represent your side and your interest, much like an attorney would in a, in a court case, a civil case, then you're paying and compensating your side alone. And, and that's that's where I feel like that's kind of the picture they're looking to try and accomplish. Right. Although I think it's going to be anti-productive. Um, that truly, to me, is you know is anti-competitive, right? So like like not just productive. I think it's it's it's, it's anti-consumer. Well, competition comes into play when you have many different many different avenues to accomplish the same thing. And if we get to this, we are the complete opposite. You can only go through one person, one company for one house. Yep. It's completely anti-competitive, and I think that's lost on on what's going on right now. Yeah. Sorry, I interrupted Great. you again. No, that's okay. I have a knack for that. Mm. I just I think that people need to be able to have a choice, and when you're cutting that choice out, it's going to definitely cause issues as things move forward. Agreed. All right. So, so I always sorry, end the- sorry to stick that in your face. <laughs> <laughs> That was a microphone for the <laughs> listeners. <laughs> There's a video. Sorry, two guys and a girl. Um, so we, <laughs> so we always end the uh, podcast on two questions. We're One, done already. We are done because you know it's. Um, listen, we've talked about AI. We've talked about um, you know how it, you could leverage in your real estate business. We talked about you know commission structures, how they may or may not be changing. Um, you can know, we, can we talk more about AI? We can. We can? Yeah. yeah. I want to give a little bit more food yes. for thought. I go want to get people's it. minds churning, right? All right, it's, go for it. I, I stay awake at night thinking about some of these things. Okay. Um, so imagine that you can have this assistant, this AI assistant that is nurturing and reaching out to your consumers, kind of looking at the data of what they're doing that you can see right now through your CRM, but you have to then go take action on it. What if you could program the AI assistant to do the interactions for you and only tell you when somebody's engaging with you? Like you reach out every month to how many contacts would you say? Yeah, three, four hundred. Three, four hundred. And how many are actually responding and engaging with you? Yeah, maybe 20. Right. It's a very small (laughs) percentage, less than 10%. So what if you only had to work on those 10% and it was doing all this filtering and touching for you and comes back? It can just make you that much more efficient. Yep. And some of the thought process is what if the first thing you upload in the MLS is a picture and it reads the picture like what we were talking about with Home Genius. Mm-hmm. It reads the picture and populates the information for you. The more information a consumer has, the more educated they can be in making their decision. So these incomplete MLS sheets, these incomplete descriptions, those can be things of the past and we can get better as an industry leveraging AI like that. Absolutely. More professional. Yeah. Sorry. You done? Sure. Okay. <laughs> Just kidding. I love. I, I mean, listen. I, we could speak about this for, you know, for for a very long time because I think it's um, it, it, you know, it's been going on for a while, right? It's um, you know the chat bots and the you know and the, it's just being made 
significantly better and more mainstream. One thing I think will be a very big change to our industry is we talked about support as being something that hasn't changed. And AI can do anything that is a repetitive process. And I know I've had thousands of repetitive questions from agents. So imagine you can have a, an interface, a text message, a chat, um, even a video interaction with an AI-generated avatar that is the brain of your broker, literally. Mm-hmm. You can take yourself out. All you have to do is keep providing the knowledge to this avatar or this knowledge base. And then we could volunteer more for the association. Yeah, yeah. double down, buddy. <laughs> I still think you need relationships. You still need a relationship. So they still need to know the broker. Like They won't trust what you're saying unless they know you. And the content or the information that you're putting into this knowledge database is you, and you can train it to interact and speak like you. Like I some, want to look it up. Sometimes I have, it, it's not mainstream right now, but it's going to be. I promise you it's yes. going to be. No, no, it definitely will. So it's imagine, flying cars. imagine you, like sometimes. Jetsons. No. <laughs> it's there. They've already, they've already done them. So imagine sometimes you have more formal and less formal conversations with agents, right? So spoke with one yesterday who I'm very more than cordial with. I've gone out, we've had drinks, dinner, whatever. So when he calls, Hey, Hey man, I've got this question. So recognizing that I have a past relationship with this person say, yeah, man, what's up? So imagine that by text message you're sending in and this chatbot's recognizing who this person is and that you have this higher level or more informal conversation with this person and can respond like that. You could incorporate bros and buddies and dudes and be more professional with the ones that you have less interaction with and just protocols on, okay, if they've chatted X amount of times, look at the syntax of my last interaction. And sometimes it can be the human, sometimes it can be the, the, the bot and switch back and forth. Like if I'm on my phone and I don't answer in, 90 seconds, the bot can answer, but it can be my interactions. And it's learning more and more as I interact with more people. It's, it's really not that complicated, but it, it sounds complicated, but it's really not. And the power and what it can do to our schedules and our lives and impact more people with less time. Those are tremendous benefits that have to be explored. Absolutely. You know, we all have scripts, even if we don't write them down, it's the same response to how's the market. You know, we say the same thing, right? You know, market's opportunistic to reach buyers and sellers, or whatever it might be, right? Is now a good time to buy? Right. It's always a good time to buy. <laughs> so, all right, I always end the podcast on two questions. One is, what is your favorite all-time streaming series? What are you currently watching? <sighs> Harmony. You go first. Currently watching Suits. Me too! That was going to be mine! Yeah. Uh, I, I started suits. it. It's... It's cool. It's just you, it gets end. a little annoying. You have to have a certain interest and perspective for it. So I'm the first person in three generations of my family not to be an attorney, mm-hmm. and it's probably my biggest regret in life. It, it is, but it isn't. Um, so I thought about going back and becoming an attorney, especially with what we know now, right? right. So I kind of live through making myself a character in that show, mm-hmm. and I just get so engaged and when they do some of their kind of manipulating behind the scenes, you doing the argument. I'm like, Oh, I love that. That was so good. Right. I agree. Yeah, I'm, I'm into it. <laughs> what are you, uh, what's your favorite all time? All time favorite. It could be a movie or a series. As you can see, she's methodical. Yeah, I'll go, that, I'll go yeah, with mine and you can think thought. I'll go yeah, with mine go and with, you can yeah. think. Okay. So, um, there is a series on stars and they've done a couple different variations of it called power. 
Um, I'm a big fan of power. It's it's very violent and a little bit graphic <laughs> on the on the non-violent side, on more of the the love side. <laughs> um, but it's it's very engaging, and again, it's it's an entrepreneurial show. Unfortunately, the entrepreneurial part of it is selling drugs, but it's still the same kind of running a business, dealing with the. Uh, the adversity that comes through running a business that involves killing people in that show. The you know, real estate doesn't involve killing people, <laughs> killing with kindness. Oh, we did Florida. see bodies. We did see a body in Delray in a briefcase, in a suitcase. So. Yeah. Yeah, but the husband <laughs> murdered the wife. Oh, okay. All right. Back to forty-eight hours. <laughs> um, so that one was interesting. There's a lot of uh, kind of behind stories and things that connect through different relationships, and I find those that kind of make you think and analyze different comments, like receiving the nuances in a conversation of what they're really trying to say between the words. I think plays a lot to how the real world real world works, and what I'm telling you today could be one thing. And how you perceive that and how I really intended that are two very, very different pieces. Absolutely. So reading people, reading words, I, I find that I'm engaged and entertained at the same time. That's awesome. So I, I find that Apple TV has really um, stepped up their content creation. Ted Lasso oh, made me cry. Oh, my God. Ted Lasso was awesome. So I've been watching. I watched uh, Swagger. Um, you know, it's... it's you know, no stupid, it's kind of a stupid show, but it's about basketball players and, you know, how they ascend and whatever. Um, but I just started, literally just started, because um, my wife was uh, watching it and she said, oh, it's whatever, my in-laws said it was good. So it was called, Hi- it's called Hijack, Hijacked or Hijacked. Um, literally just started. Apple TV? It looks really freaking good. Apple TV? Yeah, it looks really good. So, yeah. um, listen, so John, what's your all-time favorite? Come yeah. on, oh, yeah. Come on now. Keep you accountable Damn, I, here. I thought I was going to get away with that. Almost nope. did. Nope. I don't know. I think if I really had to look at it objectively right now, I'd say weeds. Weeds is good. I really liked weeds. Weeds is good. Mm. Yeah. It's good. Interesting. Mm. As long as you didn't say Breaking Bad, did, you know, we'd have to we yeah, have, we'd have to check you out. Do we have drug testing at our uh, local no. real estate? Monday. Office? Monday. Mm. Interesting. <laughs> I, by the way, I love weeds. That's that's such a good show. It was you know that was that one of the comment, funniest freaking thing. That comment takes a whole new meaning when you remove the s. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little s. <laughs> um, that that was a very funny uh, funny show. So anyway, thank you very much, uh, Miss Harmony Zerka, our director of operations Zirka? and financial and productivity for Remax Services, as well as Jonathan Lickstein, the Chief Operating Officer at Location Real Estate. Uh, where can we find you, uh, Jonathan? You can find me mostly Instagram at the Broker Lick. That's me, the Broker Lick, and that is not vulgar. My last name is Lickstein, <laughs> so don't take that the wrong way. Um, you can also find me on, on Instagram again, the Noble Broker Pod. Um, that's about it. That's the best awesome. place to get me. Love it. Thank you very much for coming in, talking about AI, talking about Chat GPT, how you can leverage your business, what may be coming in the future. Uh, we talked about a little commission structure, what we're, uh, what we're dealing and up with, and uh, what stayed the same and what really changed in the last 30 years, so 25 years anyway. Talk to you guys soon. Breakfast with the Broker every Tuesday. Peace out.